You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, and this week I'm not on my own. Hooray! I've been joined this week by John and Laurie. Hi guys. Evening. Good evening. It's good to have somebody to talk to. <laughs> not so Ronry this week? No, not so Ronry. Oh, that, that was absolutely brutal. To, to, to even, I, I never occurred to me who to call. I mean, I knew John, you were on holiday, and Craig is still on holiday, actually. Um, Ghostbusters. What possessed you to do one by yourself? <sighs> I've had to get something out before the start of the season. It didn't feel right if it just left it. So. Well, I never got a call, so kind of blame me. I know you, you you did you did come on after the, the event the, the Tuesday and said the next time they uh, give you a call so I, I, I regret that now. I know you regret that. Oh yeah, I mean you're you're, you're back in the, the the Premiership podcast of course. So there's no, oh, there's, yeah. no there's no long week here. No <laughs> more like chat. No, it was that was so last year, so last season. It's cool for a cool for a season, but any more than that, and it just looks a bit sad. <laughs> Well, I'm sure we'll touch in the lower leagues because they were involved in uh, a, a bigger tournament this week with uh, the League Cup uh, kick-starting on Thursday night last week. Um, and we will also discuss the European games from last week, actually. That's a good point. Uh, obviously, the, the, the Premiership started at the weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll come on that. So we may, we may as well start with uh, what happened during the week. Um, Celtic and their 1-0-1 over Carabag of Azerbaijan and... Uh, Aberdeen's 2-1 away defeat in uh, Kazakhstan to uh, Almaty, not Astana, like I said in the, the one podcast last week. <laughs> no one to correct you. Nope, that's what happens if you do these things yourself. Um, well, I, I mean, I didn't see the Celtic game because nobody showed it anywhere. There wasn't even dodgy streams to watch. So uh, I have seen the goal. Uh, it took us what, eight minutes to the end before Boyata got the, the, the crucial goals. Giving us the lead to take over there, and no way goal. I suppose that's an important thing. But um, John, I don't know if you've seen your game. Oh, I couldn't find the Marrakesh Aberdeen Supports Club, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I couldn't couldn't find that. No, I've seen the goals. That's about it. Uh, the second goal for them certainly looks a bit of a cracker. Um, yeah. And I think at that point, two 0 up. Probably some people are thinking, oh well, maybe the floodgates will open. But thankfully, we got a goal back from Kenny McLean, who's had a fine start to the season, which. Keeps us in the tie for a second leg, which is all you can ask for. That's the important thing, yeah. I, I, two and a half feared the worst for you because it was after it was at like twenty minutes or something. Aye, you didn't concede any more, and crucially, yeah, I, I would say you got the away goal. So, yeah, you'll find your chances at Petardry on Thursday. Aye, well, there's fifteen thousand tickets sold so far, and they're opening up parts of the south stand as well that have been so. Yes. Hopefully, it should be a good crowd. Unfortunately, I can't get away to it because I'm working and. <laughs> I won't go up to Petodge for time in time. Ah, well, ho- hopefully you'll have another European time to get to yet. Aye, hopefully aye. Is that, I think it boils. It's good to still be it. What's that? I was going to say it boils down, I think, in these games to the old European thing. Celtic, I mean, the positive is you didn't concede a goal at home and then Aberdeen, it's the other way, isn't it? That If you get an away goal, suddenly it, it changes the whole complexion of the tie, doesn't it? Because at 2-0, I mean, I, again, I've, like you guys, I didn't see any of the games, but I remember seeing it at 2-0, you're thinking, that's oh, not a great result, but as soon as they've scored, suddenly I think, well, it's, it's actually 
a decent result away from home because you know you score once at home and suddenly that's you ahead in the tie. I think certainly the good thing about the tie is that yesterday we managed to rest rest a few players that will be certainly starting. In yeah, Jack and McGinn and such went on the they were on the so, bench. So that's a good thing. Well, you you'd have only travelled to seven thousand miles this week. So that's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Somebody pointed out to me it's New York, it's somewhere like three thousand four hundred, and they're like three thousand five hundred away. So Toronto's close. Huh? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, like you say, they're not even in Europe. They're closer to uh, China. China. Yeah. Ridiculous. But that's how UEFA works. So, uh, but yeah, that wasn't the only game on Thursday. Uh, there was uh, League Cup action started at Tynecastle, where um, y- you weren't supporting the team in Maroon. But from what I seen in the highlights, well, there was there was no team in Maroon actually, um, which was a bit bizarre. I was expecting one side to wear Maroon, but we were all white, and uh, I both wore black shirts, black shorts, and Maroon socks. So, uh, it was a bit bit of an odd one. And to be honest, we didn't really get going. Half time, I broke through the lead, and we had no real tempo, and it was still <laughs> appeared to be a pre-season game. And uh, we kind of won it in a five-minute spell where we yeah. grabbed three goals, and um, they made it interesting. Then our both they grabbed a second, but a rather unfortunate own goal from from their perspective edged us through. So it was, it was sort of one of these ones where you, you got the job done, you got through couple of players got a run out and um, all the credit really went to the League 2 side because they ran us close and whilst our sort of quality told in a short spell they certainly um, gave as good as they got for large spells so yeah through the next round but yeah I suppose it still felt like pre-season to be honest <laughs> yeah I mean you, you, it, was, it was ridiculous that you even had to play that round yeah, the, the up of the, the SPFL making you play basically two games on the same day but you had to move on obviously because it was scheduled for the same weekend as everyone else but I thought I ran about that because apparently it's seeding so obviously and I said it last season I was like I don't understand why we don't have to play the first round of the Scottish League I actually said it last season so yeah. like, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say God why can't we why do you have to play the first round when last season um, Dundee and Hamilton had to do it but it doesn't make any sense especially when you schedule the first round like you say on the weekend where all the top flight teams are meant to play so we have to play like uh, we're a pretending we're in the Europa League and do it on a Thursday. And um, I think the one thing I posed the question was what? So if everything goes on last season's seedings, does that mean if Brora had beaten Montrose last season that a Highland League team should have technically been in the League Cup whilst the League team would have then not been in it? Yeah. I would be interested to see what would happen should that occur again. I would have known reply to that one actually when I brought no. that one up. <laughs> Well, that was very strange. But yeah, I mean, um, you're through to the next round, that was the important thing. Um, the draw was actually earlier today, wasn't it? And you got um, yes. a weight of forfa. I believe it's just my basically pick. what you picked out, yeah. <laughs> my ideal tie would be forfa away because, uh, for those who don't know, I'm actually based up Aberdeen way. And I always maintain we never get any draws that are handy. It's always midweek. So I was sitting there terrified waiting for the draw to come out because I was certain it was going to be strung right away. Which I don't even. I think I'd have to take two days off work, and uh, you're pretty much in Northern Ireland by the time you get there, aren't you? <laughs> More <laughs> yeah. or But no, good draw. First time we'll play fourth in a competitive game in my lifetime, so I'm looking forward to that now. Well, yeah, I mean uh, the rest of the, the 
Well, actually, there was a game Friday night, Fockett played East Stirling. I'm not, yeah. sure, not sure why, it was obviously a, a local derby with uh, East Stirling playing at Stenhouse Muir's ground in Oakville these days. But uh, Fockett made short work of them. Uh, other games were on Saturday, except the Rangers game, which was a 3 0 win for Peterhead. I'm assuming Rangers were at home on Sunday because Celtic were at yeah. home on the Saturday. Yeah, so. they were. There wasn't any of this on telly apart from the, the highlights in, on sports scene last night. So yeah, I mean, you just said that that was a three. It was a three one for Peterhead. Did I? Which I think so. Aye. I think I meant three one over Peterhead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it was a, there wasn't really any shocking results in there. Um, Hibs won three 0 against Montrose. They were struggling a bit until Scott Allen came off the bench. For what I heard on the radio, but. Um, no, there, there, there wasn't any standout. Uh, it's very low key, it's very cup, key, especially yeah. in early rounds. You know, it's it's like, even our game against Everton seemed a bit more. seemed to have a bit more tempo and a bit more excitement about it in the stands, simply because it was Everton. Um, you know, they are both fans. Were credit, credit to them, a couple hundred of them came through. They were at full voice, but. For the home fans, I mean, it was it was just over six thousand at Tynecastle, and it was almost double that at the friendly we played before it. Thursday night, you're playing lower league teams. I mean, it's, with all due respect to them, I mean, at the start of the season, you just you're, you're waiting for the the league, aren't you? You just want to get through. You don't you're not really bothered about how it happens. So it's sort of just going through the motions, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you're obviously delighted to be in the next round, as we touched on earlier. Um, but even even the second round, there isn't any real exciting draw no. in there. I mean, Partick Thistle Falkirk, maybe. Mm, you're pushing it. I know. That's, 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 <laughs> it's just there's just nothing in there. I mean, until the third round and we get Celtic, you know, there's just nothing. Yeah. The, the, the question I posed there in the, in the day was, why is Dundee United not in the draw? Because I think they're the next best team, and it wouldn't be uneven or something, would it? Team wise or. Who knows? Well, they're talking about. I, I I don't really want to waste any of your podcast time talking about the fact that they're considering a, a league cup shake up. Oh um, yeah, we'll wait and see what they come up with that one because I think everyone has an idea how we should shake us up. There's a lot of people want to return to the, the group stage kind of idea, which would at least give us football in early in the season. It means something. You know, I, I mean, I've suggested that before in terms of making up games if we had a bigger league. Yeah, uh, that's my usual my suggestion as well. And I would quite, I think, in a way. If you had, especially if it's regionalised, because the problem is for lower league teams, you've got a group stage. You can't have teams like I, I don't know, Elgins and whatnot up north having to come down to Trinrars or Queen of the South and Annan. You know, if that's a regular occurrence, you know, and and vice versa, the teams down south, it just the costs yeah. for these sort of part-time teams. So if it's regionalised, then it it does make it interesting. I think for bigger teams, it would be interesting to give you know early stages, the group stages. You could give a lot more younger players a run out. Um, because if teams want to get through the League Cup, you don't necessarily want to play a weakened team too much unless you have the sort of strength and depth of the likes of Celtic. But if it's a group stage where maybe you have a slip-up with a younger team, you can maybe bring in a few older heads for the next game and make sure you get the points on the board to get through. Yeah. It could offer up an interesting sort of development sort of a, a potential for teams. But then I'm not sure you'd be able to fit it in. I mean, for the, like the teams winning Europe, for instance, like if... I mean, Aberdeen have played six games in Europe, or about five games in Europe so far. Uh, so I don't, you'd be struggling to find a midweek game you could play it for them. Would you do to play it the weekend instead? Um, I mean, just would you really want your European representatives playing midweek Saturday, midweek Saturday, midweek Saturday in July? I would say look at the lower leagues in England, though, because you know 
the, the 46 games in the season they're constantly playing midweek and then if it's league one and two they have to play the, the Johnston's paint trophy as well <laughs> so they've got league cup FA cup 46 league games and the Johnston's paint trophy so it's, I think it can be done I, I, you maybe have to I think it can be done it's whether you want to do it it's just, you just start pushing it a little too much I mean, certainly I, I think one of the key things you want to do is give our, our teams in Europe the best chance possible because for all we've had, uh, like Aberdeen have done pretty well about getting through their one of the five games they've played. Celtic have won the three they've played. On the other hand, you had St Johnson and Inverness who have been and gone already. Yeah, it's, it's. I suppose it's a, a debate to be had. Of I've only just I only just spotted it this evening, so it's not something I've thought too much about. It, to be honest, so maybe we'll save that for a a day when they've got more information on yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's something we'll probably revisit when they do. So uh, yeah, as I said, there's just there's nothing standing out in the second round draw to even talk about. So we'll just we'll move on to the the, the action at the weekend and the, the Premiership. And um, shall we start with the controversy at Celtic Park? You may as well. Right. Uh, why wasn't um, Andrew Davis sent off when he, he clattered Lee Griffiths after three minutes? It's <laughs> a goal scoring opportunity, is it not? <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> An interesting debate to be had. Yeah, I, would, I, I, I know, I, I know I'm, I'm joking there, but the, fun enough for me, the, the, the goal scoring opportunity debate that came up, and uh, Neil, which got Neil McCann getting the rule book out <laughs> on uh, Sky Sports. To oddly read a bit, that, like, uh, he's pointing out why it should be a goal scoring, or an obvious goal scoring opportunity, and why Craig Gordon should have been sent off, but on the other hand, I've seen STV Grant on Twitter today. And his uh, article on, on, on the website suggested that one of the key factors in the obvious goal scoring opportunities had to be running towards goal, which Jackson Nothing ah. clearly wasn't. He was running towards the corner flag. So I, I, I don't know where that bit of the rule comes from because I've never seen that I've, before. I've never, I've never heard of that. I mean, I, I mean, looking at the Gordon one, I, I, I think it's a red card. The problem is, I think the wording's a bit dodgy because. It's clear goal scoring opportunity, and I've brought this up loads of times. Well, an opportunity just suggests that there's a chance to score a goal. Whereas, I mean, the guy at the the Ross County one, yeah, it's it's a chance, but I suppose he's at an angle, and there's a goalkeeper to beat as well. And I think that's where the referees may have interpreted. Whereas the Gordon one, if he's on his feet, he has a gaping goal. Yeah, Van Dyke's running back, but it's going to be difficult to catch it. So yeah, I, I, I know where you, I know where you're coming from, Chris, but I think it's I don't like the wording of it because the goal score opportunity just suggests that well if you're 20 yards out and you get past the defender and there's still another defender coming across well you've got an op- opportunity to score a goal doesn't mean you're going to score one I think I, I do think it needs to be maybe looked at because these days I would have expected a yellow for the Ross County one I've expected a red for the Craig Gordon one but I know where you're coming from if you read the words. They both should be red, really, shouldn't they? Yeah, I, I don't even think the angles are that great on sports scene for Craig Gordon and Jack Noven. I, I looked at it a few times and still can't see a definite foul. No, that, that's, yeah, I mean, that that's was one the thing, thing. I, didn't, I wasn't sure about because I've seen a few people suggesting Jackson Irvin dived. Now, I, the way I looked at it, Craig Gordon looked like he dropped his leg, but I think he still caught him. But I don't think he caught him enough that Jackson Irvin couldn't have stayed on his feet, which I think is another key point for me is if Jackson Irvin stays on his feet, he could score it. 
if you're saying it's a clear, clear goal scoring opportunity, if he stays in his feet, he's just knocking it in the net, surely. So why, why, read, why would you go down at that point? I have read, though, I, I was reading, actually when I was on holiday, I was reading about uh, Alex Ferguson's autobiography, and he was tr- talking about Ronaldo, and how Ronaldo will get accused of diving so much. But he does. He said that when players are running at speed, even the slightest of contact can cause you to go down, change the direction. So... That was Alex Ferguson saying that. I know what he means, but I think in the case of Jackson Irving, he did actually look to go down under the contact. There's, a, there's I know what you mean. That there's a difference, though. I think in the way you go down. See, I stops as well. Can he get a, can I stops as if he's yeah. he, he realised his leg and doesn't get him? Realised he's realised. Oh dear, I've come out too far. Right, what would I do? But I don't know. Well, the problem is, I mean, like I did write down if it's a foul. I think that suggests in my note. I just if it's a foul, it has to be a red, which would suggest I wasn't. I, I kind of just looked for the, the discussion on that as opposed to the <laughs> as opposed to the, the, whether it being a foul or not. But then uh, we were talking about it in the Hearts game as well, which obviously we'll move on to uh, the Sam Nicholson one. I don't understand well why that why that wasn't a red card for Alan Manis then if it's a foul because yeah it's it, it's an angle and there's defenders coming back. But I mean if there's no goalkeeper and you're five yards from goal, I, I don't know what constitutes a goal scoring opportunity then. And I actually don't want to be controversial with my team as well. Eh, I thought Nicholson played for it a fair bit. I, I think you're right. Attackers, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any attacker. Attackers will play. And I would think coaches probably say it. Attackers, see if you've got a chance at a penalty. Then go see, I just, I just don't like it. But I know these I days, I know these days, like, yeah, that's a penalty. The Craig Gordon one's probably a foul. I just and I think that's a misinterpretation of rules altogether. Where a foul contact doesn't equal a foul, I mean, it's it's quite clear to me. But I, I can't criticise one of our players when it's just yeah. You you're probably right. I mean, they're probably told like yeah. If you're if you feel touched, if you felt like you've had been touched by the players you go through, that sounds a bit dodgy. Then um, <laughs> then you, you're entitled to go down. That's just the way the the game works these days, I suppose. But. I wish I it wasn't the, that way. <laughs> I think the way they see it is it's up to the referee to make the decision. Yeah, and I think that's, that's part of it. There's always a, the, the room for interpretation for the, the referee. But there's another thing I would, that's occurred to me. Is if you're talking about obvious goal-scoring opportunity, do you need to factor into how good the player is that's just been yeah. filled? Because yeah. in, in the case of, say, Henrik Larson, I would put money in him scoring for Jackson Irvin's position. I'd put money in him scoring in, the, in uh, Nicholson's position as well. I'd, I'd probably put money in him scoring in Lee Griffiths' position. That's, but that's Larson. I mean, and I like uh, Jackson Irvin. I, I, mean, I read he was at, that he would have had to hit the first time with his left foot and he's right-footed. So Do I think you know you, maybe you could factor that into it as well. There's, there's, there's so many things you can factor into this as to whether it's an obvious goal score or an opportunity or if it's just a chance to take a shot that might go near the goal. Do you know what? I think it's tricky. I can. I, I don't like the rule for many reasons, but sometimes you can see... like For instance, with the foul by Manis on Nicholson, I don't want that to be a red card. But at the same time, like I said it during the commentary of the game, I said, how would, why, why would that not be a red card? And I said, ideally, I wouldn't want it to be a red card, but if... Uh, St. Johnson go to the other end and get a goal and they go around Neil Alexander and he gets sent off then I'm going to be annoyed because there's not going to be any consistency and I've seen red yeah. cards for goalkeepers and defenders for the same thing so you, you kind of want the referee just to go with the rules whether you think it's a good rule or not but I think it comes down like I can see why you get red cards if someone goes clean through on the goalkeeper and gets into the box and a defender comes behind him and he just pulls him down you can tell he's not he's not trying to get to the ball he's just stopping him 
getting in on goal, and you're like, right, that's you know, it's a pretty cynical. Even more so if it's outside the box, because obviously then they've not even got a penalty to try and score from. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, Alan Maris is just going for the ball. He's not got to the ball. Same as Craig Gordon, and if taking a player out, it's a genuine attempt to try and you know make a challenge and win the ball, and they've not got to it. But it's not worded that way, is it? <laughs> it's not as no. simple as that. No, I think there's a lot of interpretation in this rule. I think, and there's enough. I think there's enough in both incidents we're talking about here, or all three incidents actually, that you can kind of give the referee the benefit of the doubt and say, yeah, okay, I can I can see why you haven't sent the man off there. The, the, the oddest one for me though is that um, the Ross County guy didn't even get a yellow card for his challenge on <laughs> Lee Griffiths. So I mean, of, yeah. of the three, there was only there was only two bookings. <laughs> And I, I, I think Scott McDonald was saying something similar actually about the. Uh, a, you can see arguments for both sides as to whether it should be a red card or a yellow card. So it's almost like the, the cynical foul type of thing. I mean, the last man had its flaws, but you could see where it came into that. You know, if you're the the last um, last line of defence, yeah. if you're taking someone out, then they're they're going to be. It's a good chance you're stopping a goal, but at the same time, if you're 60 yards away from goal and you're on the far side, you could be the last outfield player, but the guy could have 50 yards to run it into the middle of the park and have a goalkeeper to contend with. It's, it's it's a difficult one to find a solution, and that's the only problem, I suppose. We can argue about it and debate them all you want, but it's it's hard to find a a good a, a good way to decide these things, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's it's, it's down to human judgment and. I think probably Wally Collins looked at Van Dyke being there and thought, yeah, maybe there's a chance he could stop that. Now, Wally Collins gets one look at it. We've had replays and stuff to see maybe Matt Van Dyke wouldn't get there in time if Irvin hits it fast enough. Even even with the replays, Charlie Mulgrew reckoned that Virgil Van Dyke could get there in time. And I suppose Charlie Mulgrew should know if he's in training with him every week. But of course, Mulgrew would say that. <laughs> he's a Celtic man there. It's the same as Billy Dodge being in sports scene last night and saying, ah, it was a definite red. Him being the Ross County assistant. <laughs> I think these days it's a red card, but I know where you're coming from with the the foul at the other end of the park, and it's all, it's almost like if someone's going round a goalkeeper, it should be a red card. Where if someone's seven or eight yards from goal with a goalkeeper to beat, it should be a yellow, and that's I suppose uh, to me just seems to be the way that it's generally looked upon by officials and maybe the public as well. But you want anyway, and. I suppose that's what everyone will remember in the end. Yeah, I, I, I think there's certainly an element of disappointment if you're Ross County because if you get the red card, Craig Gordon isn't there in the second half to make a few good saves like he did. So I could, from their perspective, I can understand why they were annoyed at it. I think it's one of those. I mean, if it had happened, if that had been hard to Celtic Park, I'm sure if it was Aberdeen for John, then I, I would probably be a bit more strong with my feelings on it yeah. this afternoon and I would probably even say the same I would imagine Chris if it had been Celtic the other side of it I think it's naturally just the way you see yeah. it um, it's it's harsh but it's it, it's hard to be too decisive on it when you're looking at it from a, a neutral well I suppose relatively neutral perspective yeah, it's, it's one of those ones that's on the cusp if, if, if it goes for your team you're delighted if it goes against your team you're raging <laughs> And it's, there's enough doubt either way for you to be right either way, to be honest. So, if it had been, I, I'm, I think my only thing was I was surprised it wasn't a red because it was really calm and I've got absolutely no faith in his referee. Well, that makes three of us probably. <laughs> I'm just, yep. just going to assume that Johnson is the same. And they kept, 
he gets European games. Oh, it's embarrassing when the SFA tweeted up. <laughs> it was it was just amusing that he got our friendly game against Everton as well because he was getting he managed to get the wrath of the Hearts fans in a bloody friendly match. He was getting pelters. Why would they give him the, that? He was getting booed as soon as he got announced he was referee. He was like. Is it just trying to add some pa- some pantomime to a friendly or something here? Ah, see, I wondered about this because we had Stephen McLean refereeing one of our friendlies as well. I think oh, I think was, it was the end game, and he's obviously the referee uh, that was involved. He's not great either. Aye. He was awful yesterday in our match as well. I thought. Ah, yeah. Well, we'll we may as well get to that um, in a second. Um, but uh, Steve McLean's obviously the referee that didn't see the, the handball in the Inverness semi-final. So. <laughs> but somebody suggest somebody suggested to me that it's, it's because it's a friendly. The play, the the teams have to pick who the referee is because yes, if we don't technically supply them, Do they? I don't know if that's true or not, but it, it was something. I, I, I honestly have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just it's, if if it's not, they're just awarding us. And, well, actually, to be fair, name a good referee. You know you're back when you're slagging off referees, don't you? Welcome to the new season. Day <laughs> <laughs> one, we're already questioning the referees. But yeah, I mean, what, one of the things I picked out of the we'll move on back onto the Hearts game. Rob McLean kind of dismissed this in sports scene, but the first goal looked like it shouldn't have stood for St Johnson because Alexander was pushed. No, nah, I don't think he was pushed. I don't, I don't think I, it was, I don't think it was much in it. But if you raise your hands like that to anybody in the box, you I'd expect a free kick to be given. Do we want to go right to the Hearts game probably now, or go to the other Saturday ones? Well, we, we can come back to the Saturday ones because we've already started discussing the Hearts okay. game anyway. So, I mean, on that goal, I have to agree with John. I, I mean, I've seen this. Yeah, the hand. In a, in a replay after. I didn't notice at the time at all, to be honest. I thought at the time there was an odd... I don't know if it, don't know if it got picked up on the TV as much. There was a slight delay in reaction, certainly from the a few of the fans. And the, the Hearts players seemed to assume that something had stopped play. It was, we, were, we, we, sort of, we stopped for a moment, went in, because we were like... The, the way that Alexander went for it and kind of just palmed the ball, it looked like he'd kind of just stopped going for it halfway through, which was... Pretty silly, but I, I I can't see there being enough in that to, mor- to merit a, a foul. I think it was just a, a kind of ca- catastrophe for Neil Alexander, unfortunately. I think he'll suspect a few times from the guy like Alexander. Yeah, it's, it's a bit unlike him. He was pretty solid last year, but I mean, at that Joe Shaughnessy long throw, which I had no idea he had. I've never seen that before. But Yeah, um, Did he do it at Aberdeen? Did he? I've never, never, he never played enough for Aberdeen to really see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It looks it was, a good weapon to have anyway. I think we started to get to grips with it and it was it was a weird thing because I actually thought although we had a couple of dodgy moments at the back, I thought individually I thought certainly the two new guys in defence actually had good games and I thought um Augustin started to deal on them pretty well. I mean he is six foot three. But uh, when a lot of them were coming in I found Considering we were getting balls in on top of our six-yard box, he was starting to take command of them. I thought more so than uh, Alim, and I thought on the whole they they play pretty well. And you might have noticed that since we've got the stereotype of being a a big physical side, even since Craig Levine first left us, that we've just decided well this year we'll, this year we'll just go with it. And our entire back four was six foot two and above. Oh, nice. So uh, and you might have noticed Callum Patterson's um, filling like up. Filling out now at twenty, just a little bit. <laughs> I think he'll um, knock players over c- quite easily. But, uh, I, thought, if you I thought he was a bit suspect at the equaliser, though the, the the one for three each, because everybody else had pushed out except him. Yeah, I, I, t- 
to a degree, I thought of all the goals we can see. I thought, I thought that one was almost one where you just look at it like, oh, come on, has that really fallen to him there? And it just sort of, like Alexander kind of was diving down to cover the post obviously he thought he was going to hit it, and it sort of, I, I can't imagine he's meaning to hit it like that, and he sort of touches it, and it just yeah. rolls in like a kind of a snooker ball just sneaking into the corner of the net. It was, at that she- point, sorry, go on. Sorry, seeing how a Parson is that is that him decided fullback? That's his position. Yeah, I mean, he's defensively sometimes he's still suspect, but he is growing into a, the role as much as he's growing into those tight Puma shirts. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, and I mean, one of the criticisms often directed at him was that he can't cross, which I I can certainly see where that came from. The often last season he didn't display the best crossing ability, but I mean, a couple of times. On Saturday, namely for our fourth goal, I was going to say it was. I haven't put that cross in because that was a brilliant cross. I, I know they were slagging ah, off the defending for it, but the the, the cross was just it was just excellent to be hitting it in it. Absolutely brilliant. Overall, I was I was very pleased because we we put a couple of guys in, but most of them haven't really had a preseason. All of them really been carrying knocks, so they've signed them quite late. So it was we're well behind in terms of getting people ready. A lot of them, the likes of Juanma, the likes of Augustin, who's Knocked, uh, had a knockout. Uh, Rossi, the Brazilian, only just signed a couple of weeks ago, but they they bedded him pretty quickly. And like Juanma, he's he's going to be a player who I can tell already. Mm-hmm. He's going to the Hearts fans are going to love him, and every single away fan and player is just going to hate him. I mean, Brad Mackay's already in the papers lambasting him as a typical foreign cheat. But oh, no, I was a his own performance. His performance was shocking. I'll, I'll say that as well because I I seen. Well, I didn't see the game live, I listened to it on the radio because I was out and about, and the radio mentioned just over and over, Juanma kept falling down, and he kept, it seemed to be going down quite easy for a big guy. But I watched the highlights, and every time Juanma was mentioned, he seemed to be doing something really good. I think that, fun enough, the best thing he did was a cracking touch just outside the box, and he got himself in and shot just wide. <laughs> And well, did you see his touch for the build-up to the penalty? Some of the highlights didn't show it, which I was really disappointed oh, at. You get it on the. Yeah. Well, obviously he took his goal well for the first one, but it was uh, oh, Brad Mackay. I mean, you can tell he must still be feeling like a feeling like a jambo. <laughs> <laughs> Bad slip. I, fe- I did actually felt sorry for him for about five seconds. Till I remember that I'd put Juan Mon to score the first goal. So kind of, I was almost going to tweet Brad and just say thanks, Brad, with a picture of my betting slip. <laughs> I thought that might. <laughs> Be a bit of, a bit trolling, uh, but the second goal. I mean, it's the ball is in the air at the edge of our box, and as it comes as it comes down, it looks like it's going to be between Brad McKay and Juanma for it, and he takes one t- a single touch to take it down and slip it past Brad McKay, and it's like one touch changes it from being St Johnson on the attack at the edge of our box to him rampaging forward. He r- runs about eighty yards and then lays off Nicholson for the penalty. So he he was everywhere. He was so busy. So strong, gets his body in a position where the players can't get it off him, linking up well. And yeah, a couple of times he went down with a knock, won free kicks cleverly, but no more so than most players do these days, to be honest. I didn't notice him being um, overly diving. and I, I actually couldn't think of anybody specifically thought he dived. He, he waited to get challenged a couple of times, you know, when the player bundled into the back of him, he did what most footballers do now, sort of went down, won himself a free kick. You probably saw in the highlights one moment where he had three St. Johnson players around him <laughs> and just kept the ball at his feet till they gave him a touch from behind and went down. But 
Yeah, he was sensational. Um, you mentioned the dodgy goal. They got back into it. Wonderful goal for Patterson. You Walker, I'd, I'd be stunned if this time next year we're starting a season with Jamie Walker. I, I'd like to think we could, but I, I think he'll be picked up before long. He's a fantastic talent. Just 22 as well. and Great eye for a pass. Great shot on him. Can play it wide in the centre. So I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get picked up by someone probably down south before long. Were you playing 4-4-2 yesterday? Um, yeah, roughly. I mean, I think Osman was dropping a bit deeper. We mixed up a bit in the second half. Osman so dropped even deeper and we almost played with one up front. But uh, Robbie does like to keep it fairly fluid. But it, it was roughly a 4-4-2 with Osman so sort of sitting between the midfield and, and uh, Juanma at times. And, uh, it was just good to see the guy. We had a bit of a nervy moment again after it went 3-2. Good header by John Sutton. I don't think he'd poor marking but you got to credit him with a, a very decent header he seems to like scoring against us I think that makes it I think it's eight goals against us and he's he's now scored six at Tynecastle against Hearts and I'll need to double check the stats but I'm pretty sure he scored more against us at Tynecastle than for us in the two years that he played at Hearts and yeah third goal we, we mentioned as well which maybe Parson could have been a bit more alert but it's an unfortunate deflection and I thought it was good character in the end though I mean, at 3-3 three, three, if anything I thought God what's good? the best case scenario is we don't concede again the way things are going but yeah good character to go right up the other end grab a winner and I think it's the best way to bed in for this season I'm I'm really chuffed with the business we've done and we've not seen a lot of them yet we're new Nigerian sent by God himself Oshaniwa there's been Nigerians before at World Cups that have been in SPO and they never turned out that good well yes I mean you, until you've until he's started playing you, you can't judge it but I think these days they get someone who played all of Nigeria's games in the World Cup and played against Argentina and they didn't get humped so I mean God, it can't be that bad if I touch wood I've got anywhere to... <laughs> <laughs> going back to Patterson though at fullback it's a good option to have in terms of at the back post but like Considine at Aberdeen Oh, he's, you might have noticed his celebration. I can only imagine that is a a salmon gesture. At the fact that you might have known noticing the build up to his goal, actually, just he gets about four yards above Brian Easton to win the header. He's he did it against Everton. Had, uh, I think Barry Jagielka all try to get to him in the box when he scored against them, but he got about three yards above them all. It's he has incredible technique when he's going for headers. I, I, I still don't know how he gets up that that high. Ronaldo Wesk, I'll. I'll, I'll well accentuate that yeah that's as about as far as the similarities go but he can he can certainly leap and yeah I'm quite pleased with that it wasn't the best defensively but you know a few new players in the back line a lot of them not had proper pre-season um, and I, I a lot of people are saying it's a bit too adventurous but I, I've keep maintaining that we should be aiming for top three or four I think that's what you've got to there's only two teams I think that look reasonably settled and strong in that division and that Celtic and Aberdeen I yeah, think yeah I think third below is uh, up for grabs definitely aye uh, Hearts and Dundee yeah impressed with you, yeah. Yeah, you can move straight on to Dundee because yeah, they had a great win and I, I, I thought they'd have a good season and I thought they'd start reasonably well but I certainly didn't see it going quite as comfortably as it did it just shows you know if you have if you can uh, manage as adventurous because that's them playing three up front plus in midfield, they had two attacking players as well, Harkins and uh, Nick Ross, that they think around Vaness. So, having a bit of go, be brave, it kind of pays off. 
I like Paul Hartley as a manager. Yeah, he's a type yeah. who will who will take chances and who will want to play good football. And to be honest, they won four 0 but by the highlights anyway, it looked like they could have been four 0 up before they'd even went one 0 up. I mean, they had a fair few chances and. Craig Stewart was certainly running the show. Yeah, Craig's always scored as well. Not the first one. And he's, I think Partley's made some good signings as well. Yeah, terrific mm-hmm. signings. Hemmings and Loy both can look like they're going to settle in pretty quickly. Obviously, Loy gets his double, but Hemmings had a couple of decent chances. Probably should have scored himself. So that, that's the thing about that game. I mean, the one, what was it, 4 0? And then it could have been more easily. Because it took him forever to get the first one. And I was going to say, looking at the highlights, Jimmy McDonald seemed to have a pretty good game. Yeah. From, from what I saw, I mean, you couldn't really say. He, he was at fault for any of the goals, and he made a couple of decent blocks, but there didn't seem to be many. Defenders of Kilmarnock doing anything, to be honest. I don't think anybody at Kilmarnock done anything other than McDonald. <laughs> the, the only thing that, that might prevent uh, Dundee doing so well was if an English club blocks at Hartley. Before maybe Christmas, a bit of like Alex Neil lucky. Aye, aye that, that's, that's, what, that's possible. Well, it would also, oh, it would also help if, uh, if Dundee then see all of their strikers, then they'll just free fall. <laughs> uh, well, aye, that as well. But uh, the good thing about Hartley as well is he knows the lower leagues well. He's put, most of the players he's picked up yeah. after the lower leagues. Yeah, well, he's come through it because he, he was he was at Alwa for long enough, and yeah. then obviously he's now at Dundee. And he's worked his way up divisions, and he's he's certainly he's providing a good entertaining football as well as, as getting the results so I mean, it's, it's it's bizarre the, the difference in the two Dundee teams at the moment because Dundee look like they're on the up eh, signing the good players playing the good football what they'll be doing well this season Dundee United on the other hand feed a team for Celtic Celtic have savaged them <laughs> and they, they, they look a shadow of the team they were like, even even last season the first half of last season there's little doubt as well that Dundee have got the biggest name in Scottish football. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's, who's going to try and pronounce his name? Nope. Go. You know, I've, I need to ask, <laughs> I have to ask Derek Ray this one because I'm commentating uh, on Dundee Hearts, but I have not asked him yet, so I don't want to tarnish any attempts that I might have to make on Saturday before I've checked. I don't have asked Derek Ray. Leanna's Berisha, maybe. Leanna's Berisha. I'm not, I'm not saying anything to us spoke to Derek Ray. No comment. Oh, no, it'll be Leon. <laughs> Le- it'll be Leon. No, but when it's Z or So Leon, Bertha, maybe. Bertha. Oh, I don't know. I'm not even attempting it. <laughs> ask, ask Derek Ray, so it's not a good bet to me. <laughs> it is uh, an extremely long name. It's, uh, they'll be rivaling, uh, rivaling good old Jan Venegar of Hesselink for most expensive names for Scottish, team, Scottish fans to get in the back of their shirts. Oh, do I, I never spotted what his name is actually in the back of the shot. It'll have to go in a back circle, wouldn't it? <laughs> I used to do that with Big Yan as well. It'd curve. Even in the hoops, had to curve it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, what else did we have this weekend? There was Party Thistle oh. and Hamilton, which was a 0 0 draw. Which was, Hamilton basically battered Party Thistle and couldn't score. Yeah. Yeah, show, Cher- yeah, I mean, and Cherney had a great game, but uh, I think he was beaten once and I had a post and came back out. So that was probably. Uh, I thought I thought the bookings were a bit harsh in that Frederick Frank, so. Yeah, it did seem, especially sort of. I know it shouldn't matter, I suppose. So uh, Thomas Cherney, sorry, he's uh, Hamilton goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, it's that early in the game as well. They seem fairly nothing he fouls, didn't they? I mean, I only had a quick glance at some of the highlights, but it did seem a little bit harsh to. Especially the second one, didn't seem anyone around. No one around him seemed to be suggesting he should get a second yellow, which footballers usually are very quick to claim for if they think there's a chance of it. So, 
I, I have to say that's about all I saw in that game. A couple of saves and I don't think there's much else to talk about. To be honest, yeah. I mean, I know I know a lot of people have tipped Hamilton to go down, but for me, <laughs> come on, I can look already look we're in trouble. Uh, the only thing about Hamilton is that one of the star signings was Christian Nadi, so that, that doesn't kind of ah, yeah, bode well for them. The, the bad news is Hamilton don't play Habs this season. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you, I mean, we we talked about Dundee. I mean, if you when you mention Kilmarnock, I mean, I, do, I have a lot of time for for Gary Locke, and I think he's probably a good man manager, a good coach. I think one of his issues at heart, certainly, I didn't we didn't really ever see much anyway of tactical noose or or any ideas about systems. It was sort of chuck your guys out there and you know give him a good rousing speech before the game. And this is his real his first chance, I suppose, to sign players again yeah. as a manager and. He's signed away with talking Chris Boyd. Yeah, great. Very uninspiring. And, you know, Chris Boyd is a funny one because I wouldn't be surprised if by Christmas he hasn't scored, but I wouldn't be surprised if by Christmas he scored 15. Because, I mean, you think last season he he looked like a Sunday League footballer who's suddenly been thrown in some, like, experiment into a professional team. And the season before that, though, he he wasn't any... To be honest, he was he was unfit and he was lazy the season before that with Kamarnik and he yeah. scored twenty something goals. That that's my concern for Kamarnik this season is if Chris Boyd doesn't find the scoring touch which he's clearly lost last season, Kamarnik will be in big trouble because two seasons ago Kamarnik only stayed up because of the goals he scored. Exactly. And yeah, if they start on. trying to rely on him and he doesn't get those goals, they're going down. Well, I if think. Not, sorry, going to. They've not even got many other options in terms of strikers. McGuinness isn't really a goal scorer. I don't think was Carrick up too much at Hearts. Um, he's it's it's hard to say if he's naturally going to be a good out and out striker or a sort of a foil for someone else. Uh, and he's still fairly young and inexperienced. He had a few injuries with us. His most of his game time came during a more struggling period when we brought more strikers in last season. He couldn't quite break through. So I would say it's hard to tell how it's going to go for him, but. Whether they'd play him as a goal poacher or someone to drop off the likes of Boyd is, is yet to be seen. But I don't think he'd be ready to be a, a regular scorer in the in the Premiership yet. Although I would like to be proven wrong on that. But yeah, you like you say, Chris. I think it's all hinging on they are putting all their eggs in one basket, and that basket is Chris Boyd. If if it doesn't work for him, I think. <laughs> They've got Jamie on the centre of the park. I mean, there's so much more you can say than that. Well, whilst I like Scott Robinson as well, who'll be beside him, he's solid. I thought maybe Championship would be his level, but I mean, Locke's kind of going with the guys he knows. But I suppose you look at elsewhere, I think McDonald's a decent keeper, even at Premiership level. I think Callum Higginbottom, whilst he had a bit of a bad game at the weekend from what I saw he is a good attacking player he can get a lot of crosses in which I suppose crosses in for Chris Boyd maybe that'll work maybe I don't know I don't think he was ever that good ahead <laughs> well maybe I just have to go for low cut backs then before he can get a five yard tapping <laughs> that's more like uh, it sounds like exactly like Chris Boyd <laughs> I think well I think the only game on Saturday I haven't spoken about is Amber Ness Motherwell which other than other than the goal and the penalty miss, and well, I suppose it was Gary Warden's leg. Gary Warden, right. Did he get carted off in one of those things that you see folk on wooden vans in? <laughs> Did you see the sports scene? <laughs> looked like he was like, sitting in like, a, a trolley bag. I didn't see it. It was bizarre. I've never seen a stretch like it. It was basically sitting on it. It was one of those things you used to carry in pallets. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, I, I think uh, I think we all agree with the wish him the best and the speed of recovery is some sort of break yeah. in his leg, so oh, great. he still managed to get booked within about a minute in that game. <laughs> For cluttering Scott McDonald in the first place. Scott McDonald's penalty is pretty old. It's woeful. It's utter rubbish. The fact the keeper catches it. Yeah. It's not that, that, that that. how bad the penalty is. Yeah. Unfortunately, unlike Osmond, we didn't have a, a keen Jamie Walker following in to make up for it. I but it wouldn't even matter to held on yet, because there was no chance that so anybody did that, so I had my head, he got the second attempt, but no, the keeper actually didn't even spill it. That, that is embarrassing. Yeah. I read it earlier, Motherwell got rid of 23 players over the summer. They, they were not, they needed it. That <laughs> need, they needed to clear it. They're, they're number nine, they've signed, I, I forget what his name is. But Fletcher. Aye, Fletcher, I think, aye, he's, he's one that got goal, wasn't he? Yeah. He looked all right. They paid a fee for another striker as well. Yeah, uh, Lewis Moult. Lewis Moult. It's one of these undisclosed, so it yeah. would probably be minimal. But yeah, like, I think any time these days a Scottish team pays any sort of money yeah, well, like with uh, Celtic, then you've got to say they must have seen something because there's so many uh, unattached players usually available. I mean, they big... that money for Erwin, so they probably was given yeah, a wee bit. Aye, that's a well, one of the guys that was signed up was... Uh, we mentioned earlier on, Stephen McLean, he was saying in January, or Stephen McLean, Kenny McLean. And uh, he got the, 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 the all-important goal in the, the, the final game of the weekend. Yep. Sure. Of the Sunday, yeah. aye. He started the season fantastically well. Uh, the good thing is that he's playing in a more advanced position than what he was playing at at times last season for Aberdeen. Because um, we're a bit short in midfield, but the good thing is with Sherry coming in, that gives McLean licence to play further forward. Yeah. Mind you, in Europe, he's not been starting, but he's been scoring the goals. Well, you got, uh, you got to, like you said earlier, you got to the way goal, which is important. You're not, you're not going to kid on him meant that one at the weekend, are you? No, see, when I was watching it yesterday, I watched it and I, kind of, I, saw, I actually thought it was a deflection at first, the way the ball went. And I shouted through uh, to my son, I said, oh, goal, it's a deflection. And then they came through and I was like, what are you talking about deflection? Because obviously I've seen the replays. Just the way the, kind of, the ball went. Um, but... Not just the goal, obviously, was a bad luck, but his overall performance, I thought yesterday was really good. Because um, Rooney wasn't probably his best, and McLean was certainly our, our more da- most dangerous player. So, I think, good competition for places now. With him, yeah. him and Paul are probably both fighting for the same position. And then Cammy Smith as well, who started yesterday, but had a few good moments. But I think he probably he was playing a wee bit of position. He was kind of almost playing like an inside right position. Have you heard yeah. Liam McLeod? I saw. I just saw the Kenny McLean goal. I I was listening to the the Sports Sound podcast. You know how they have the they just go back to the full times sort of roundup mm-hmm. from their commentator, and Liam McLeod is suspends half of it, lauding Kenny McLean's wonder goal, a moment of brilliance, magic, a stunning goal from. And I was sitting there chuckling, listening to it on the bus. <laughs> I was like, did he see the goal? Uh, maybe he was turning cheek when being an Aberdeen fan. No, no, no. He was, he was absolutely. Yeah, serious. You, uh, you'd have thought he'd scored goal of the the century. So I went and looked at it again as I was listening to him, and I was like, you can't think that Kenny McLean was trying to score. I no. mean, you take it. I mean, he's done, he's done well to flick it on. He's obviously trying to flick it on into the area, but there's absolutely no way. And he's, he was, he, he describes it so in depth, saying to 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 duck down like that, and then. Make sure he directs the ball up and over the keeper. Absolutely phenomenal. He spends about two minutes doing it. And I was, come on, Liam. I know you're. A, I, I'm on Hearts TV. And Christ, I, even I wouldn't have tried to claim that was deliberate if it was Hearts. He even said he even said himself after the game. It obviously wasn't deliberate. Uh, but the good thing I touched on it earlier. We talked about the European game on Thursday. Is the fact that we were able to rotate a wee bit. 
and okay, maybe it wasn't the best performance, but I think we were very effective. Dundee United, we've kind of limited them to not many chances. And oh yeah, I mean it's. I, I was. I said I, before the game, I put on Dundee United purely because they were about three to one, and my, I based it purely on the fact that Yabrin had been to China about three days before. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like you say, it's probably good just to get out of that game with the result, regardless of performance. Because in those circumstances, I think people don't. Uh, usually, you know, if you're over in France or something, you can, uh, it's a bit of a shoddy excuse. But in these circumstances, I think you could probably could have let Aberdeen off if they'd lost that one. Yeah, I mean, watching the game, I don't. There was no sign that any team scoring. It was either going to be a mistake or yeah, a fluke or something like that, which obviously it turned out. Uh, yeah, effective and. Shinny, the introduction of Shinny is certainly going to help because everyone thought he was going to play, I think a lot of folk thought he was going to play left back, but I mentioned last year I could see him kind of slotting in the central midfield alongside Jack. Obviously, Jack never started yesterday, but I can see Jack and Shinny being a really good partnership, especially in the games against Celtic, where I think we need to be a bit more solid. Do you uh, have a bit of a concern at centre back with, because I know um, Reynolds is still going to be, he's going to be out for a little while. I, I if mean, we got another injury, then we would. Yeah, potentially have like having Constantine in there. I just thought he looked a bit all over the place at certain times. I know it wasn't the best game all around by either side, but you would have thought that would be something a bit suspect. I don't know if it's if there any. Well, plans you talk about to... the weekend there. Well, just the weekend and in general. Constantine was playing left back. So, was it lefty? Was that sorry? I must yeah. Say. So um, Quinn was centre then rather. It was Quinn and Taylor. Um, I don't. Constantine can fill in at centre back if it was required, but I think probably. Before the end of the window, they'd be maybe trying to get another centre back in. We've got a few younger centre backs in the under twenties, which I don't know whether McKinnis maybe sees that one of them could maybe be at least a, a squad player. There was a boy we got from Dortmund, uh, Kuljak. He signed the new oh, deal. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. So whether he maybe sees him as potentially being part of first team squad, but Reynolds isn't going to be out for that long. Is it? Is it? I thought it was. It was I think it was three. The point, but it's three now, is it? So. I don't know, I think, I suppose if maybe, the problem is that any player that comes in probably knows he's not going to be first choice, mm. they could, um, at least Quinn's come in, and he's obviously, Quinn's got lucky the fact that Reynolds got injured, but Quinn looks like he's going to be a good addition, um, I've seen someone mention about the fact that the last, the last three kind of main players that we've signed were all captains at our previous club, mm-hmm. and that can only really help, the more leaders you've got on the pitch, helps. Yeah. Um, so Quinn, Shinny, McLean were all captains at our previous club. All good players as well. Um, and Andy, uh, that was on the podcast last year a couple of times last season, he kind of said that Quinn's a really good signing for us. Um, good age, plenty of experience behind him as well. And someone that certainly can, I don't know, potentially Reynolds might find it even hard to get back in the team. He was very good. I what you want. very good at Motherwell. And that's what kind of got him his, his move down south, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, he um, can play full back, he can play right back as well. That's why, I mean, I was only caught bits of the games um, in the pub before we'd went back uh, back up, so I'd, I'd, I'd caught a couple of attacks, so I hadn't realised that they'd... Obviously, that's why I thought, I thought I'd put him at full back along with Logan, but no, yeah, Constantine, I suppose, had been filling in there. It's given him number four as well, what's that all about? That's a centre-back's number. Just gave mm-hmm. Shinny, I think Shinny must have wanted, Shinny must have wanted number three. <laughs> no, that's probably I noticed... What is that um, about, but... I actually work with Scott Wright's sister as well. I notice him getting on the bench a bit more these days. I think we've got high hopes of him. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's fell out a bit certainly, but he's only, he's only what seventeen, eighteen. So, yeah. I was just thinking you were saying about signing um, 
captains. I'm thinking that you've well, not obviously not seen Scott Brown, and I thought about it. So like, no, you have got a Scott Brown in the goal. I've got a Scott but Brown. Ju- uh, I've just, uh, just reminded me of something else. There's, there's another thing. There's a, there's another Scott Brown now. It plays yep. St. Johnson. Did, you got a good story yep. about him on Are you, you going to tell me the one about the announcer? <laughs> well, I, I actually said it before he came on because I could see him getting warmed up when I went, like, Jimmy, it's Scott Brown. Sorry, that's my cool commentator. I was like, Scott Brown's going to come on. Now, do you think he's going to get booed? And obviously, when it's Chris Muller off for St. Johnson coming on number 20, Scott Brown, boo! <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> I read that on Twitter this morning. I thought it was brilliant. I was going to bring it off you didn't, so that's brilliant. It was very amusing, yes. On the subject of Scott Brown, no. Uh, I've not even touched on the keeper that we signed. No, our Scott Brown. Uh, Danny Ward, that looks like it could be an absolute master shot by McInnes. He's got a song and everything. Oh, <laughs> well, I've heard about this. He's certainly a big present. He must be about six foot four. Looks like he likes to kind of command his box, come off his line, which Brown and Linefield both could not do. Uh, Liverpool obviously gave him a five-year deal before he came up here, so they must rate him uh, to give him that. But he looks certainly a, yeah, I think a really good signing. But hopefully he could end up being a, a Fraser Forster or someone like that for us. But Possibly. looks like a terrific signing. And McInnes has put his faith in him straight away. It's interesting with goalkeepers and height because I was I was talking about that with Alexander the weekend because he always seems very small but I mean he's officially he's down to 6 foot 1 but I don't know if it's just because he's a goalkeeper but I mean and partly because we were having those throws on top of us but is it just me that thinks Neil Alexander does not look very tall at all it's just because goalkeepers are generally 6 foot 2 and above uh, maybe That's, um, Michael McGovern that was another one who always looked really small he's 6 foot 2 as well <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I wish I looked. I wish I looked really small at six foot two instead of a <laughs> low like five foot five. <laughs> oh, what a life up there! Oh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it looks a terrific signing, Edward. And okay, we may only get a season out of him, but listen, we, we got a whole season at uh, Jason Denial, and uh, paid dividends for us. And um, he's probably going to be down there playing for Man City next season in the first team. Wouldn't be surprised. So, what's well, a good contender for a young player of the year this year? Yeah. No, I, well, for what I've seen, I've only seen obviously a bit of the, the Dundee United game, but he, even then he made a couple of good saves. So. The other one will probably be is Laurie was talking about earlier, Walker of Hearts. Yeah. Yeah, right, it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting season, I think. So. What's what's the age cut off for a young player of the year, anyway? I don't is know. there an official. In Scotland, it's about 25, I think. No, <laughs> 23, maybe. I always wondered that because I mean, Walker's 22 this year now and it does feel like he's been around for a while because you've got like I mean Nicholson two years younger than him so I, I always wondered do they have an official cut off or is it just what you saw but if you look at England what Gareth Bale won young play the year when he's about 23 I think did he not 23 is quite a, a, a kind of a tends to be a kind of cut off for these things but I think do they not like picking like, uh, Scottish youngsters as well when it comes to these things so yeah well, it's, I mean Callum Patterson that was, he's played over 100 games for us now and he's only 20 <laughs> it's, it's mental, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's, it's funny that that whole sort of administration stuff's actually going to pay dividends for you now because if there's a good strong core of that team have played. This is the third season together, basically. Yep. And they're not all there, still there, but certainly as a, the better ones are still there, and they've, had, they've got all the experience behind them. Like you said, Parsons only twenty. You're talking about Walker's twenty-two, twenty-three. Twenty-two, 22. yeah. So yeah, there's, 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 you could get a good few years out of them if they don't move, or you could get a good fee for them if they do. 
Uh, yeah. Aye. Should go back to just or nothing about Aberdeen. One of the best signings might be Ryan Jack on a new contract. Yeah, I think you yes, were, that was one thing you were worried about last season was if Jack was, wasn't yes, going to sign. And very worried about that. But him and Shinny, I think, will be superb in midfield together. Statement of intent as well, I suppose. You know, you're you're going to keep a hold of a one of your best players. Do you think? I wondered. You know, the captaincy I think took a few people by surprise for someone of his age. I wondered. Do you think there was something in with the agreement for him with that? Because I know that that was part of the Danny Wilson. We managed to keep him full time part of that. Yeah, the captain I think. Thing. I think part of it is McInnes wanting Jack to take his game to the next level because last year Reynolds was captain and I've cause I've spoken to some of the other kind of Aberdeen fans I thought I prefer a captain that's more kind of a bit like Scott Brown that will be geeing up players and going round them and a bit in your face whereas Reynolds isn't that type of player I think maybe McInnes wants Jack to kind of be a leader and develop his game and dominate games which in big games he did it fine against maybe the kind of other teams, but against Celtic, he maybe wasn't as good as what it could have been. So part of it that that's probably encouraged him to stay. I dare say as well, there might be some sort of clause in there for him to leave, but but we won't. Hopefully, we don't find out. That's I would think. Just don't put in it. As long as he's not just a, a verbal agreement that says I can leave if a bigger club comes in for well, me. Exactly. Yeah, well, exactly. Far too much open to interpretations. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he, I mean, he's won what he's twenty two, twenty three, and he's got a ton of experience. Um, and I think probably as well, if he if he went down south, he, he wouldn't play the Premiership at this moment. He's not got the pace for the Premiership. Um, and it, potentially, if he went down south, the best he might do is ever the Championship. It's yeah. because you really struggle down south and. The Premier League, if you've not got pace, the, the big the big issue is Eat you can up. go to the Championship and make a hell of a lot more money. You can make up here, so there's always that pull, especially if you're a young guy. It's yeah. an interesting. Um, I, I don't know if you've noticed, like our signing policy is almost based around that now. Like we've been and we've been quite open about it. We're looking to give players a platform to England if they want, if that's if they want to progress their career. Because we've actually been tying players down. We've got Juan Ma signed for. Um, for three, I think Oshaniwa is definitely signed for three, and we're trying to tie them down and basically you know, saying, well, if you come here and you perform, you'll do well for us. We can help us get success, and you'll get noticed. It's a almost a stepping stone if you then want to move to England, which it's, I suppose the way you have to sell it because any team in Scotland, and I count Celtic in that, you're always going to be at the <laughs> at the mercy of English clubs coming in for your best players. Yeah, but the, the, that's, that's how you operate. Yeah, as long if as you, you market that properly, you can use it. Like, like, exactly. like, like I said earlier about Jason Denier, that's that's something we can use now. We can say Jason Denier was a squad player at, at Manchester City until he came to Celtic. He got some European experience, got a couple of medals in, the, in his cabinet now. He's going to go back to Man City, probably playing the first team, probably playing the Champions League. He got a call up for Belgium. That's a good development for him. So. Yeah. Come and play for Celtic now, and you can follow. Like that. John says with Danny Ward, I mean, in that one, it's not about getting a fee, but if he's sensational for Aberdeen, helps him to a great season, then I imagine that they're paying a, a just a small percentage. They won't be paying a huge amount of wage if he's on a decent wage. They won't be paying the full yeah. thing. Like with Danny, Cel- that keeper was definitely the keeper. This position we most needed to strengthen this season. Uh, we discussed that a fair bit last year. But if you look at Celtic, I think Craig Gordon last year. Many points was Craig Gordon worth for Celtic. Oh yeah, yeah. a good keeper. It can be worth its weight in gold. I mean, there was so many, there was so many points in that Europa League group stage that we got because of his saves. Now I know, I know, yeah. he, I know he didn't exactly cover himself in glory in the Milan game, but I think you can almost afford them having the one bad game. Given we wouldn't have been there in the first place, it not been for him. The, the advantage that we that 
much as some English managers don't like sending their players uh, up here, but if it's like so, Aberdeen or Celtic or teams that are in Europe, you've at least got that card at a same well. Potentially they're going to be going to have 10 games in Europe. Yeah. So get European experience behind them, which hopefully if Aberdeen can get into the group, the group stages, well, 12 games will have had by then, but no, more than that actually. But even selling their clubs as well, I mean, like Aberdeen, it's a, a good place to be around at the moment. You know, they've had reasonable success, they've got some decent crowds. I think Hearts as well, you know, there's a good feeling around it. You're, we, we sold out the weekend, we've got 14,000 season ticket holders. Players, if they're going to want to, if they want to come to the UK, I suppose, and get a game somewhere, or if they want to come from England on loan, would you rather go to a League One team, maybe middle of the road, maybe looking for playoffs? maybe not the biggest crowds or a packed stadium in Scotland where they could be fighting for a European place or potentially, because the likes of Hearts and Aberdeen should be, potentially fighting out for trying to get to cup finals. Yeah. That's I, I can see why players would want to sign for an Aberdeen or Hearts ahead of maybe a, a lower league English team. Even lower end of the championship, I know that sounds maybe a bit ridiculous, but if it is if it is a loan or if, if you're competing with the, la- the bottom four or five teams... If it isn't to do with money, what it comes down to, if it's to do with the team, then I would think a top three or four team in Scotland who has a good supporter base would be a more appealing option. Definitely. Even if you look at the likes of Fraser Foster and Victor Wanyama, they've always came to Celtic, won some medals, played in Europe. There's a few questions of them going to Southampton, but Southampton in Europe this season? I know, I know Foster's still injured, obviously, with was it a knee ligament damage or something like that he got. But, I mean... Look, those guys are back in Europe for an English team now, so they're making the wages and they're getting the, the exposure. Yep. I mean, that's that's, where, that's the kind of thing you're aiming for. And you're, and you're absolutely right that, that the likes of Hearts and Aberdeen are teams that could be challenging for Cups this season as well. So there's always that chance you'll, you'll head back down with a medal if you want to go down south again. Whereas you're, you're unlikely to get that if you're a, a Bristol City or something. Well, Danny Ward had a few moves down south uh, on loan. So this is maybe the next step playing at yeah. a, a top league. Right, we should probably move on because I think we've spent enough time talking about the the, the weekend that's just gone by. Um, but I did touch last week myself on the the, the World Cup draw with uh, Scotland and in, in a group with the likes of Slovakia and Slovenia and uh, uh, some other big team that we, we we tend to know about next door. <laughs> But I was in Morocco and I found out with the draw and the next day at the pool I had my Scotland top on just to try and wind up the English ones. So I noticed that later on that a few folk then put on the England tops afterwards, but <laughs> all good fun. It's a, it's a it's quite an exciting draw. Slovenia and Slovakia I don't I can't recall us playing them in competitive matches. No, I don't I don't remember myself. I remember, I think obviously I remember us playing Czechoslovakia and Yugoslavia. Which is what they were, they were former part of, but uh, no, I don't know what point either of them before. And I, I must admit, when I first seen the draw, I thought, yeah, we're in England's easy group. But then I looked at it and thought a bit longer, and I thought, nah, maybe no, Slovenia and Slovakia are probably in a, a kind of par with us at the moment. Ah, is it Slovakia or top of the group that Spain is yeah. in? And they've got some, aye, they've got some more than decent players in that team. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not one of the hardest groups we've had recently, but then we've had some stinkers recently, so. Uh, I think we must fancy our chances to at least get a playoff place in that group. I guess it would. I think you would. I suppose a lot will depend on this campaign in terms of how we end this campaign. If we are obviously in a position whereby we do get into the playoffs or we qualify, then that's going to build confidence further in this team. Yeah. 
and even as well by England, England's in a competitive match, I think we could take them at Hamden. Possibly. Uh, it's a problem with the World Cup as well, though that one's down to potentially just two places as well, isn't it? Ah, yeah, it's one yeah, automatic it's like, and then... It's the winners, it's automatic. Yeah, and then yeah. you get the playoff places after that. I think there's one runner-up. Was that our best runner-up? Yeah, I'd, I can't remember how it works I'd, exactly. Yeah. But so. I think it is. No, See, so you wouldn't mind that, but I think, I think we're probably looking realistically at challenging for the playoff spot in that group. It'll be interesting. Could have been worse. It could have been worse. It could have been what Germany and again and France and Italy. France and Italy. Italy. I think they were the the dodgy ones you wanted. So I think of the 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 pot two and sort of pot four teams that we could have got. I think we did. We did all right. The interesting thing will be to see what SFA do with ticket pricing because obviously the last obviously the last the last campaign they made it the same price for whatever team it was. It wouldn't be surprised if they go back to the old category thing again. No, I think they'll do exactly um, the same this time because uh, any chance we stood of getting those prices dropped to something sensible for the next campaign, get binned a minute England came out of the hat. Yeah, we'll probably end up seeing £50 tickets. Probably. But I wouldn't surprise me if it goes up. And I think there's already been a backlash. But unfortunately, the other thing that's going to go against us is the Germany game's now sold out. So the, the SFA know they can get away with charging that for the big teams. As the Germany game sold out now, yeah. I. I I was I missed my chance. I got an email when I was away on holiday, but the Wi-Fi was it was good enough for e- getting emails. But that was it. The, the Wi-Fi. Up I don't think up was I don't think the Poland game sold it. If you're still hunting, maybe. Oh, is I it? Think, I don't think it is. I'm fairly sure the Germany game sold it now. So, because much as I'm not in the I'm not a registered member of this campaign, but I'm still uh, in the supporters club as such right. on the mailing list. So I got an email to say I had priority before the public sale, and unfortunately, yeah, I missed my boat. Missed the boat there. Uh, they kept coming back to me as well, so if you went on another ticket for this game, then you've got problems. Oh, I did they? So, next, oh, well. remind me next time that comes in. Aye. <laughs> well, I think for the next campaign, I'll probably try and join again. Um, not just for England. I was thinking I'd do it before, but during England anyway, but I kind of miss that way going to it. I kind of stopped going to the wrong campaign, I think. No, it's been, it's, I, this, I, couldn't, I could not miss this campaign with Ireland and Poland in it as well. It's like, Ancestral links here, here, there, and everywhere. And we've, we've obviously still got the Germany game to come as well, which is, should be. It's, it's going to be an exciting last four games, I know that much. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got the, the World Cup uh, is ages and ages away yet. I think it's 2017, or, June, 20, June the 10th or something, 2017 is the, the Scotland England game at Hamden. So, yeah, we're another two years away for that at least. I bought the. One of the games is on Remembrance Day, isn't it? The 11th of November? Yes, yes, the one in November. Yeah. Be I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> anyway, we should probably move on. We're uh, getting a bit tight for time now, so we'll move on to the, the, the Premiership predictions for the, the weekend. And uh, Have we got a charity bet to pick? Yeah. We should probably do that Shite. after we do the Premiership predictions. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> so we, 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 The Championship starts this weekend, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, uh, we, can, we can pick the first team, uh, the first goal scorer bet as well. Although, goodness knows what we do with that in the first week. Just pick a name, I think. Uh, right, so we'll do, we'll do the predictions first of the, the, the Premierships. We'll start off on the Saturday 3 o'clock kickoffs uh, with Dundee versus Hearts. Someone else go first. I think this could be a cracking game. Oh, what was that? <laughs> I was trying to find a link to the <laughs> pictures and then some autoplay video went off. Always good, always good. 
Uh, right, okay, Dundee Hearts. I'm going to say... I'm going to win. I'm going 2-1 home win. I'm going to go for a score draw to all. I'm going to go a 1-1 draw. I think Dundee will be a tough one. I would happy to come away with a, a point. Still, It's still hard to tell exactly from both sides because of so many new signings and such, but certainly going into it, I'm going to be optimistic. 1-1. One, one. one thing about Dundee last year, though, that away format was better than the home format. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, see what they did last season. Obviously, they had that big win at Kilmarnock, but we don't know what they're going to do home yet. So. It's still December uh, of the season. So that's just guesswork at best. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how hard it is to point to predict the, the bookies. I've got them both. Well, bookie, I've both got them at eight to five. <laughs> so even they're not predicting. And the draw is the draw is thirteen to five. So, so they reckon they'll be a winner. <laughs> Great. The, you know what? Yes. But the, right. the draw might the draw is thirteen to five. It's good odds, eh? Pretty average for a Dundee one, you know. I don't. I, 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 I don't like. I want both teams to score. Are good. I think we'll keep that in mind. Uh, right, okay, so next Saturday game is Motherwell versus Dundee United. I'm going to say 1 0 home win with this one. I'd be inclined to go the same way. Dundee United didn't really do much. I've seen your thought as well, Dundee United would have had maybe more of a goal with the fact that Aberdeen coming back off a European fixture, but they didn't really offer much at all. So yeah, I'd be going with that as well, 1 0 to Motherwell. 2 0 Motherwell, just to be different. Looking like another good bet as well. I'm sure Greg would hate us if we're all right enough. Motherwell at 8 to 5, the draws 5 to 2, and Dundee United are 13 to 8. 8 to 5 sounds nice, doesn't it? It does. Right, okay, so the next game on Saturday Ross County versus Hamilton. Ah, Hamilton looked a much better team against this, but they were down to 10 men. They'd maybe do something in this game. But I mean, Ross County looked, Jackson Irvine looked pretty good, apart from the. the when they get taken out, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I can't see past Ross County, to be honest. I don't think I have any score before I have any faith in them, so I'm going to say 1-0 Ross County. One of the best teams in the league since January, and they've made some pretty good signings in the summer, I think. I'm with you on that. Ross County, home win, uh, 3-1 Ross County. I'll go 2-0 Ross County it's quite interesting though, a lot of the pundits seem to think Ross County will struggle this year I don't know what basis they're putting that on because they've not really lost anyone I know they've changed quite a bit though if you, if you have a look at they've they have changed yeah. certainly but that was to be expected but they're, they're kind of still relatively new manager coming in so uh, Ross County are 13-10 the draws 12-5 and Hamilton are 21-10 I think Ross County win 2-0 uh, Ross County my level double sounding nice already um, let's keep going though. Uh, St Johnston versus Inverness is the final Saturday game. Um, uh, Inverness looked like they struggled against Motherwell. Um, wasn't a captain probably didn't help, but um, St Johnston at least, although they didn't deserve to defend too well, they were still, still scoring goals. So I'm I'm going with a, I'll say two one St Johnston. Ah, I was going to say that. <laughs> Well, I'll go the same then. 2 1. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to uh, change for you. I'll go for 1 0. Uh, St Johnson are 11 to 8. The draws 23 to 10. And Inverness are 21 to 10. Right, moving on to Sunday games. And we have a 12.30 Glasgow Derby. Party Thistle versus Celtic. I think this one's on BT Sport, if I remember rightly. 
Um, I will have to go with Celtic, I think. I think uh, I'm going to go another 2-0 to Celtic, that's all. Yeah, I was thinking the same, 2-0 to Celtic. It's tough because we're coming back for uh, the, the Carabag game after this one. So. Yeah. Um, 1-0 Celtic. Probably a penalty that we'll be speaking about on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Party this one ninety one. The draws four to one, and Celtic got one to three. Right, so no bother with Celtic. They look better. Uh, the final game of the weekend, three o'clock kickoff is Aberdeen versus Kilmarnock, and I cannot see past Aberdeen winning like three 0 in this game. To be honest, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ridiculous. I'm going to go Aberdeen five. Kilmarnock. Think so? It's, if they go be four 0 at home at Dundee, it's going to. I I think it could be. Oh wait! Oh well, Aberdeen are Aberdeen playing Europe. Yep, that's Aberdeen are playing Europe on Thursday. Which but even even oh. after that, I'm still going three 0 Aberdeen. Ah yeah, bugger it! I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stick five 0 Come on, <laughs> rotten! And they'll probably they'll probably still. Well, no one ever predicts five 0 do nope. they? Come on, five 0 Jamie Hamilton's in the park. He's bound to get sent off. <laughs> See, normally, normally I would think, yeah, this is gonna be a thumping, but the fact that we've got to try and win this tie and. Jamie Hamill could, could potentially go to extra time. Jamie Hamill as well. I know, I know. Uh, could potentially it, yeah. go to extra time as well. And Jamie la- <laughs> last year we struggled a bit after the Sociedad game. Where we, uh, so I don't think we'll lose. Don't, we'll lose. don't lose. But I think Aberdeen will win two now. Uh, <laughs> the home win is two to five. The draw is fifteen to four, and Comarca fifteen to two. Aberdeen minus four. That's what we're <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not right. <laughs> Alright, we'll keep it simple. Motherwell Ross County double. Should we look at the lower leagues maybe just to see what there is? No, we're going to look at them anyway, so. I, I don't, I don't want to put money in the lower leagues because at least we've got some results to go with the Premiership this week. But as the lower leagues I wasn't like nothing. contracted for lower leagues last year, I don't want to look at that anymore. <laughs> what about. Oh, mind you, that's not that great odds. Telling you, Ross County and, and Motherwell double. Those are both home home it's two home wins, it's eh? Second week of the season, you're about to lose anyway. Be so just pick whatever. You <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Keep it simple. Two home wins, pretty good odds. Oh, why not? Oh, yeah. What's your, what? What does that come to? Because I don't even have to look you up. That's a bit of practice. That's what the problem is here. Bolly can probably do it in his head. The amount of bets these days. I don't know. For me. <laughs> Eighty-five motherwell. 13 to 10 Ross County, was that right? Yep. Don't ask me to work out, but about online, you don't have to work things out. Are you, ty- are you typing this up on uh, on Twitter as we speak? No, not yet, no. no. Well, it's, it's £10, isn't it, we get? £10, aye. <laughs> it's a shambles now, right? Bring back this is what you need a pre-season for, you're meant to get these, you need a pre-season podcast where you get all the mistakes I out I did have a pre-season podcast, but I was on myself, so it didn't help. This is what, this is what the director of podcasting's for, and he's still on holiday. He needs to sort that out. Craig, if you're listening, get your holidays booked in properly next time. Uh, right, £10 on um, Motherwell's and, 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 oh, goodness sake. Motherwell and Rush County double would return £59.80. That sounds like a good one. Let's go with that. Why not? Right, so that takes us to the lower leagues and the first goal scorer, which won't be up yet, so we'll be able to figure that out. Does anybody have any suggestions? Is it anyone anyone impressed in pre-season? Because I've been away, so I don't know how the kind of lower league teams have gone in pre-season. 
or if there's been any kind of big signings as such. I mean, I suppose you've. Uh, I mean, you've, 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 I suppose the best thing to look at who's going to win. What you got, Rangers? You would expect to be Sumerian at home. Waghorn. That's that's Friday. There's Dale Hilson. Oh, you don't like to do it on Friday. You know Craig's pal. No, we're trying. No, Craig's pal's his mum, isn't it? Right. Dale Hilson. Um, Who they play? Hibs have got too many strikers. I don't know who will start for Hibs this year. Cummings is probably still be their main. Cummings, maybe they're playing them Barton. Possibly. Queen of the South, Uh, Alawa. I don't know the likes of Derek Lyle. I guess. Falkirk at Falkirk at Morton. Morton have got Scullion he scored twice at the weekend up. Uh, I'll be honest since we've left uh, the championship we've all been, all been about the premiership well, again this is where Craig would come in handy our world league expert do we go for like Jamie Longworth for example who are Strindor playing a good friend he's still even at Strindor Malcolm scored twice for Strindor uh, in the Saturday's game there so Um. You can tell. You tell this was well thought through oh, yeah, beforehand. Yeah. You can tell this is our knowledge of the lore, like shining through here. Uh, abysmal, isn't it? Lyle got a double for Queen of the South in their League Cup game. They at home to someone, Aloha, who you would think they would beat. Just me spitballing. Well. I think Queen of the South are at home to Alwa, right? And Dale Hilson is, has been a previous charity bet recipient. So I, I reckon that might be a good bet. I want to say, Craig knows his mum, so. You can put in a good word. Who are you going with? Dale Hilson, Queen of the South, I think. I wish he just moved there, hasn't he? He just moved there, yeah. He scored at the weekend, though. He did, he scored at the weekend as well, yeah. Yep. Fair enough. I, can't, I, I, I don't have any any better options to be honest, because I don't have any clue what's happening in the lower leagues at the moment until we've played some games and uh, get some fixes going. Just checking, Jamie Longworth is still at Strindor, but I go, I go with go with Hilson. You probably get better odds than you would on Lyle as well. So, right, Dale Hilson, Queen of the South. We will tweet the odds of that later on in the week once we know what they are. They are at home to Alwa in the Championship, so ten pound on that. We'll see how much that gets us. And that is us for the first proper podcast of the season. Do we want it before we finish predict who'll win the two cups? The Scottish Cup and the League no, Cup? No, because I hate predicting cups. Alright, okay. <laughs> I can't kind of predict cups. I mean, Jesus Christ, Inverness <laughs> won it last year. Exactly. How is that? No idea. I'd like to think we won it, but even Even Aberdeen won a bloody cup two years ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know it's though that sports scene was uh, for the Aberdeen the Aberdeen game? It was the back to eighties style. Yes, obviously. Well, to be fair, it was commentary. Yeah, I quite just liked ahead that. of our, our our new dominance that we're going to have. Obviously, Aye, back to eighties. I suppose that was that was the the, the kind of graphics you had when Aberdeen were last. Yeah, we're done. The not shite now, so it's not really a good. Oh, well, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I say that they could still easily finish above us. It's only one game. Just do what I predict is winning the four divisions. Mm-mm. At least. Uh, well, the first, the top two, I, I can almost guarantee we're all going to agree on the top two. So it's, then it, it's uh, well, the second. Aberdeen and Hubs. Aye. I think even John probably won't predict. Well, maybe. Well, I don't know. I, I I don't really have much of an opinion on the bottom two, and I'm fairly sure it's going to be the unfortunate old firm 
double act in the top two. I can be, I can be more interesting when we predict. I don't know. Have we even got time for that? Do we need to? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's just maybe a bit of fun. I reckon Celtic, Aberdeen, Hearts top three, yep. and to go down, Kilmarnock playoff. Yep. Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> Are we all going to be exact to agree that? Completely? Aye, because I think done deal before. <laughs> do we think the league will be well? Do we think the league will be closer? The points no. at the Yes. End? Yes, because I think I, I think, I, I think, it will I think a lot of people have went, oh, Celtic won by 17 points, which was completely artificial because you were still in it with three games to go. Aye, after the after the, after the split, after you the fell away. Aye, we just did. But it before that, it was, it, was, it was pretty close. So 17 points just looked like it was... It wasn't. It was never 17 points. It never felt like 17 points. And I think it'll be closer again this season. The only thing is, I'll bogey to my back hearts. Yay! <laughs> so heart, that's us hearts in the D in Celtic. <laughs> But I'm looking forward to that. That's a thought. Uh, your, your bogey team last season was done. Do you know what might have improved? Ouch. <laughs> uh, but we're a totally different team now. We actually look half decent. It was when we were when we were a bunch of teenagers who couldn't get a point against anyone. Oh, <laughs> you were always there. Yes. That's a thought. Yeah, you were still getting points against us. Although even before that, there was a ridiculous run. I think you've beaten us once in the last five years now, or something. It's, yeah, we it's had a score against you for something like eight fixtures at one point. I think. I remember the aggregate score at one time was about fifteen-one or something. It was. It was, it was dreadful. Did you just not have that against Mullerbone as well until last season. You mm. hadn't uh, scored against Mullerbone for ages. Or was that? No, was it? Was that a Pitodri or something? I can't remember. There was something about Mullerbone. Something not being able to score against them. You bust up. But yeah, no well, hearts against Aberdeen. I'm sure that'll be quite a tasty fixture in September. Been changed to a Sunday. Yep. Sunday two fifteen. Going through for yeah. the weekend. Going through for the weekend actually with two Aberdeen fans. Aye. <laughs> I might try and get, I might try and see if I can get off for that one. I like Tyne Castle. Going to Tyne Castle. It's hand. It's well. I'd actually we had to go through to begin with because it was originally um, twelve forty five or. Whatever, which means you can't get, you could well, you can technically get there in time for kickoff for that. But I need to be in position a bit earlier. But they moved it to two fifteen, which offers a little bit more scope for having a couple of beers on the on the Saturday now. I, feel, I think there's a fair chance I'll be a sellout. Oh yeah, it'll easy be a sellout because we only given all teams only get about twelve hundred tickets now. You'll, you won't get the full stand. We've mm. sold, we've had to sell season tickets throughout the away stand as well. So everyone, Celtic, Aberdeen, the rest, the most anyone will get is about. 12, 1300 I think so it'll be very tough to get because Aberdeen would often sell out the whole um, Roseburn but I like the way we've done it I mean in some ways yeah it's a shame that you can't give it to like Celtic and Aberdeen would have filled that stand but that's only two games you know we could fill out two thirds of that stand like against St Johnson it was sold out now we've sold season tickets which means about the minimum we should have at home be 14,500 because Price I'd hope most teams in Scotland would bring a couple of hundred. Yeah, we had this discussion last season as well because Aberdeen cut Celtic's allocation. But to put Aberdeen fans in, you can't you can't give tickets to away fans at expense of your own fans. If you've got yeah, if you've got home fans, as long as you know you're going to sell out the whole that's point. Yeah. As, long, if you, as long as you know you're going to sell out, then fair yeah. enough. But it only becomes there an issue. Times last season whereby the home teams didn't know they would sell out, and then that was the problem because even with Rangers and Hearts, there was a problem in the Championship, wasn't there? Yeah, well, well, they had a problem with it. They they were pretty petty about it. To be honest, I mean, we had a 
stadium that now can't hold 17,000 and we had a demand for lots of home tickets so we reduced their allocation to about 1300 or something so they decided to try and reduce ours at their 50,000 capacity stadium which they had empty seats in yeah. well, again Celtic did exactly the same Aberdeen asked for more tickets and never got it because we'd already sold tickets in an area where we could just have moved them to another bit of the stadium it's not as if it was full yeah, yeah. It's petty for no reason. I mean, if you've got the space, it's the same like if Celtic had 59,000 fans who needed seats, then they would put them first. But yeah. if you've got space, why not take money? Yeah. You know, why not take the other fee? Why not get money for having people in the stadium? Yeah, if, you can't, if you can't sell it to your own fans, sell it to the away fans. I don't, I don't see a problem with it. Just, they just don't do it logistically sensible that they can always open up. Like the gap should always be next to the away fans for me. But it never is. Yeah. Because we sell all the way over there, instead of selling oh, it to you. See, uh, one thing I never mentioned uh, is the fact that Aberdeen have asked for a rest day on the 12th of August. Mm-hmm. It's about time, so- time somebody actually used that sensibly, instead of going, let's just play a friendly and make some money. Like you're you're, you're, you're uh, looking for it, for like, hopefully, for Europe, I believe. Aye, but I would rather we just played it. You think it would be more sensible to ask for a rest day after... This midweek, obviously, it's worked yeah. out okay for you in the end. But you'd have thought that would have been more appropriate. Maybe it's just a sort of recuperation type of we thing. We did it last season and it backfired on us because I'm pretty sure it was the St Mirren game that we had a rest. Well, the two and then we ended up drawing 2 all. Um And it's against Hamilton. No offence, but... I take it they're trying to get a lot of games in whilst with the... Well, I was going to say whilst the weather is going to be good, but it's never good at the moment, is it? Yeah, summer football, raiding at the weekend, a, a mental August, well, between, in a month period, I think I've got seven stroke eight games to go to or something, it's because of the League Cup and yeah. whatnot, it's a, a crazy period. We should have the Petrofact Training Cup. Oh God, yeah, won't miss that. One game, watching 16-year-olds play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, do. when's, when's the qualifying rounds for uh, Europe? Like the final playoff round, is that? Um, that I think there's a gap because Celtic are playing that night. No, I think there's a gap. I think Celtic. it's like the. I think we are the 18th or the 19th, and then it's the Europa League playoff. Twenty eighth and twenty seventh. Europa League right, playoff first on twenty eighth of August, second legs twenty seventh. Nice, so that's actually yeah, Thursdays yeah. after the ones I just listed. Cause so yeah, just I, I, wish, I wish we'd. I wish we'd not bothered having the rest. I wish we just played it. Yeah, because it would be a rest before the first leg of the... Oh, it's not even, it's a midweek game, isn't it? No, it'll be a rest before, it's a midweek game, so it'll be a rest before we play Motherwell away. It's even more bizarre then. So... I don't know, maybe, maybe there's some, probably some sort of logic to it somewhere along the way. Anyway, it might end up in a stroke of genius. We should, we, should, so. we should probably look at winding this up, because we've been going for well, about an hour and a half Ages. or something. Um, I was going to throw in some wrestling chat because it's tradition. Uh, R.I.P. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yep. And John Cena got his nose broken. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a difference. Uh, someone dying compared to someone breaking their nose. I know, I'm just, I'm just rushing that through this to get to the end of the podcast. <laughs> but uh, aye, aye, Rowdy Roddy Piper was one of those wrestlers that I remember as a kid. So that's, uh, that was a bit of sad news. So uh, on that uh, depression bombshell, we'll end the podcast. <laughs> And no, I'm not get, trying to get a gig at Amazon now. Um, anyway, right, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, thanks for coming on. And if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it is at SFF Podcast. Give us a follow. You'll see the rest of us in the description. <laughs>
apart from me, because I'm just a, a special guest now. I think you'll find your. You're like freelance. No, 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 you're no, like no. a freelancer. Like. I think you'll find you're in the description because I changed it this morning. <laughs> oh, there you go. Does that mean I have to come on again? That means you can come on as often as you want. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I did last season, uh, Laurie? I just came back. at the start of last season. I was working on the farmer team at one, <laughs> and that worked out quite well for me because we were doing really well. If we lost, I was like, no. But uh, I wasn't really. It was usually because I had, I had something pl- something planned. But yeah, so well, I hopefully I'll be have to be coming on every week then. Oh. Well, but that might be a bit optimistic. Yeah, that's fine by me. Let's, let's see how that goes. <laughs> I'll be here every week, hopefully. Apart from on holiday, so I'm sure. Like yeah, likewise. Some, somebody needs to have a holiday sometime, won't we? Anyway, yes, fine. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you all again next week. Bye bye. Cheers, bye.